Don't be back to the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harris here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Hope you had a great weekend this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't come back to a great market today. But, you know, this is really what we've been talking about here. This is just not a, it's just not a good-looking market. It's just not. Uh, I, we have yet to say that we're in a bear market because those are labels, and they don't really help us make money, do they? But the NASDAQ did fall more than 20%. That's technically a bear market. Semiconductors did fall more than 20%. That's technically a bear market. Russ 2000 did fall 19.5%, almost a bear market. But anyway, we had, you know, a lot of carnage. I mean, a lot of, most stocks did experience a bear market on steroids. Most stocks down 40, 50, 60%. So it's been, a, it's been a brutal last year. Let's be honest, it's been a brutal last year unless you were in the right sectors. If you own energy, energy stocks, if you own precious metals and miners, uh, and uh, similar value uh, names, the uh, defensive names, utilities. If you a big utility stock fan, hitting all time high after all time high, healthcare all time high. But besides that, those groups, everything else has been brutalized since the beginning of this year. And this is important to us because these are our leading economic indicators in the VRA investing system: the transports, housing, housing actually number one for us, transports number two. And then we track, very closely track the semiconductors because the semis lead on the way up and the way down. They lead everything. Uh, they lead NASDAQ, and the NASDAQ leads the broad market. The semis are the key. Certainly had been since quantitative easing started for sure. And uh, it's been very reliable. I mean, extremely reliable to tell you which side of the market to be on. And uh, again, since the beginning of the year, transports down 15%. Semiconductors down 22%. That Again, folks, these numbers since, since January 1st of this year. Training is down 15%. Semi's down 22%. Housing down 25%. So this is real damage happening in the market. And because these are also our leading economic indicators, it tells us these stocks are discounting significant slowing in the economy. But as we updated our members today, Ed Hyman at Evercore is not seeing it at all. He's got hard data. Nobody does better work than they do at, at Evercore. Ed Hyman's done this 50 years. He's number one on Wall Street. He's one of about three economists that I even listen to anymore, okay? Because these guys are all employed by the Fed. They just are. We've talked about this here a lot over the years. They're employed by the Fed in one way or another. And, you know, they want to stay on that. They want, they want to stay on that track. You know, they all think in the back of their head, maybe I'll get a shot one of these days to be a Federal Reserve Board governor, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? If you're an in-the-system economist, that's the next level, that's the top level, right? If you're the best, that's where you want to go. So I understand the career path that people are on. But when you start taking money, and that influences your decision-making and what, the way you forecast and the way you write, and uh, you don't want to say anything to uh, upset the apple cars. You keep getting those invites to the, the black tie dinners. Again, to keep that career track. That's what's happened to almost every economist out there. Ed Hyman certainly doesn't seem to be, I don't know him personally, but his work is, is held up over time is the point I'm trying to make here. And he put out new work just uh, last night and again today saying they just aren't seeing it. Matter of fact, they're seeing an economy that is really doing well. Uh, retailers, and they do they, they do a number of surveys that are the kind of the legend of the industry. All their surveys from trucking to retailers show growth, show growth accelerating, actually. Uh, and, of course, behind that is the M2 money supply, 
which is, no, we had a, like an increase of entry money supply of $30 trillion year over year, uh, beginning from, from beginning of coronavirus insanity. All this money is still in the system. Um, and um, it's powering the economy. So now the Fed's got to re- reverse that. They've got to get that cheap money out of the system, which is causing the inflation, of course. And that's the Fed's biggest concern is getting a handle on inflation. If they get that under control, and I believe they will, by the way, unless this is intentional economic destruction by Team Biden, which remains our biggest concern. If you read my stuff at all, you know that without question, the biggest concern we have here uh, is, 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 is Team Biden, World Economic Forum, uh, the, the elite ruling class, the deep state, call it what you want to, by any name you want to, they're still the same. Is they, they, since the, the onset of coronavirus insanity, everything they've done has been intentional. You just can't accept, I can't accept that leader, our leaders could be this horrible unintentionally and make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. So meaning that these are intentional. And that's, what we, that's really one of our themes been here. That our biggest concern is that we're witnessing the intentional destruction of America by communists. And this is really a very populous part of the communist playbook. If you've read uh, Cloud Piven, you know exactly what I'm talking about. To destroy the economy, to make people dependent and desperate on the government, that's how you take over a society. And this is our biggest concern. Barring that, Barring that, you go back to, that's why we rely on people like Ed Hyman, again, great economist and does great work, that tells us this instead looks like a reset, right? If they can get the inflation problem under control, economic growth remains really solid, okay? Companies have, their balance sheets have frankly never been in better shape. Really, the same goes, holds true for most consumers, right? Up, again, it's consumers that matter, unfortunately, got to say it that way, it's just the way it is. Consumers that matter because the poor no longer matter. They just don't matter. You know, to matter today, you've got to be middle class or up. And, and, and when I say matters, I mean that's how the market is valuing us as individuals and people. Okay, And right now, those balance sheets are still in pretty good shape. Of course, both parents are having to work to make that happen. In, in many cases, multiple jobs, but that's not their concern. Okay, Their concern is we're paying our taxes and they're, they're getting their share and the economy is continuing to power ahead. But anyway, point being of all of this is that it's time here in the near future we start to see a turn in these leading groups that have led the way lower, transport, semis, housing, right? Don't think we're quite there yet, but some of these signals are starting to flash extreme oversold, like the levels you rarely see. We'll talk about that more as we go forward. Again, we could be there in a couple of days at this rate. Market today, real quick. Dow Jones today uh, finished down 413 points. That's right at 1.2% uh, at 34,308. SP 500 down a bigger 1.7% today on 75 points. Our loser on the day, again, leading lower tech. Uh, NASDAQ down 2.19% uh, today and leading NASDAQ lower. You know what? I think the semis actually had a little bit of a rally here. No, but I'm sorry they didn't. They tried, but they fell back. Uh, semis. Uh, down two and a quarter percent today, again, leading the way lower. This is a, a troubling pattern, okay? It's one we've talked about for some time. By the way, VIX today, up 15%. As you know, last week, certainly for all of your members, subscribers here, we put a hedge on, a volatility hedge. We're going to keep that in place for some time, probably not more than a month, frankly. I, 
I'll honestly be surprised this more in a couple weeks. I think the bottom is, is, is I think the bottom's coming up here in, in earnings season. I really get a feel for that. I think the lows are in place. I think we're going to have a maybe a, a great double bottom buying opportunity in the semis, um, and uh, that uh, that we're going to make a lot of money. In the, this this is a trending market. It's going to be a trending market probably all year long. That you know what a buy and hold strategy ain't going to do it. It's just not going to work. You're going to have to be a little more nimble and be willing to trade some of these, which is what we do, of course, with our ETF strategy here. Uh, and then, again, that, that's worked really well for, for a long time. In this kind of a market, though, is when it really shines. So again, VIX up today, 15% to 24. That's not that elevated, really. Uh, this, it, it, the pattern in the VIX, which looks like it's leading to a pattern of another move higher, uh, would, would take the VIX to 40, about, about 40 from here. Is kind of what we're targeting again 24 today and again the tenure today also was kind of the impetus behind this again the move higher in rates a 2.78 percent yield in the tenure we shared a chart today in our afternoon update with our folks on um on the tenure tenure yields you know and everybody is so freaked out right everybody is so freaked out about the tenure yield being 2.78 percent you know and um Look, it's it, it's the it's not the yield itself, frankly. It's the velocity of the move. That's that's what always gets everybody's attention, okay? Because if the yields can go from one point five to two point seven, which is what's just happened here in fairly short order, then guess what? They can go to four percent too, and that could happen in short order. But but again, that's not at all what we expect. But we shared a chart today, and I know you've all seen it at this point, of the thirty-year uh, uh, yield of the ten-year note. And it's just nothing but lower highs and lower lows for 30 years. Going back to, you know, uh, 30 years ago, we're looking at a 10-year of oh, better than 9%, okay? And as we all know, and remember, in the coronavirus insanity, we had a low of just below 0.5%, okay? And since then, it's been parabolic higher. But still, this pattern of lower lows and lower highs and this trend line, this trend line has been in place now for 30 years, serving as resistance, uh, points right now to a yield of about 3.4%. So that's where the 10-year would have to go. From 2.7, where it is now, almost 2.8, it'd have to go to 3.4% uh, to break out. And that would really cause some problems. But folks, again, we just don't see that happening. The, by the way, the 10-year the yields on the yield base are getting extremely overbought here. Again, I'm trying to tell you, there's some good setups happening here. And we're we're most likely in the next week or two going to get going to put some money back to work in the market. So anyway, we'll point in the right direction. If you ever want to be able to make more sense of what I'm saying, what Tyler says on these podcasts, come and join us. You you get our updates every day, and uh, everything that we are we're telling our folks here. Come and join us at VRAinsider.com again. VRAinsider.com. Also, uh, just one last note on the semis, because again, such an important group. Bank of America today uh, pointed out that the semiconductors just had their worst two-week period in 10 years. To give you an idea of the carnage that's taking place in this group right now, and it's taking place in tech. And again, this is what, this is what is, if you're a buyer, okay, and if you don't own this group, this is the capitulation stage that you look for. This is when you go, okay, my patience has been rewarded. It's time to act. And I think that's coming up here pretty soon, not just in semis, but in housing and transportation. Okay, those are the sectors we're looking to add positions to, again, in the next week or two when the selling is, uh, is over and done with. 
another capitulation event would be phenomenal. A double bottom would be fantastic. Um, what else today? Oh, we get the big CPI data tomorrow. A lot of people are saying that's probably going to be toppy. In other words, the, the, you got demand destruction happening here. These higher yields are definitely having an impact. We've seen this because look at the damage in transports and in housing. And I just talked about that, right? The economy is clearly slowing. Again, I know that that doesn't jive with what Ed Hyman's reporting, but the stock market is a leading discounting mechanism. There's nothing better than it. So it's going to be interesting to see which way this plays out. That's why we continue to say this is a reset. It's just a reset. This is not the beginning of something dramatically lower. And, um, uh, you know, folks, it's Monday. I'm all over the map. But you know what? Um, it's uh it is it feels like a reset okay again come and join us you'll you'll get all our all our, our writing and, and and forecast about this stuff uh what else today um let's see if i read my handwriting here all right let's go right to the internals today uh because they they weren't you know what they, they, they weren't good the internals were negative across the board as you'd expect kind of continuing a, a, a troubling trend of bad internals again but they're still not as bad as they were last year. They, they're still better. Like today was a bad day. I mean, any, any day NASDAQ's down 300 points, that's a bad day, okay? 2.2% loss in NASDAQ's not good. 1.7% in SP500 is not good. But then you look at volume. Volume for NASDAQ was only negative by $500 million worth of trading, okay? That's just, that's that's not much. That's That's pretty insignificant, frankly. That's a plus sign. That's a sign that the selling pressure may be ending. Uh, NASDAQ advanced decline was two to one negative. That's not awful. Look, last, last year we had days of five, six, seven, eight to one negatives. Okay. Uh, on days that were down less than this, it was just terrible internal destruction taking place. And we're not seeing that right now. Again, this is another sign to us that the bottom, the lows are in place and that we should be looking for opportunities to buy. Um, this is why the internals matter so much to us. You get the fuel for this after a while. Also, NYSE today, 2 to 1 negative on advanced decline. Again, about what you expect. Actually, better than you'd expect with losses of 1.7%. Volume today, again, not even 2 to 1, not even close to 2 to 1 negative. 1.3 to 1 negative on NYSE volume. Not bad. The damage here, and this is what you don't like. This is the, this is the clear negative from today. Was new 52-week highs to lows. Came in today. At 136, 136 stocks hit new 52 highs to 719 hitting new 52 week lows. That's not good. And again, we're getting back to that pattern. Again, that tells us we're probably going to have a spike in volatility. We're probably going to have another capitulation sell-off kind of event, right? Uh, that's what this feels like. And again, that's what we're looking to see to get a real flush from the system, to get the weak hands out. So we can step in and buy the stocks in the sectors that we really want to own. Uh, as Tyler reminded me today also, the put call ratio was right at about one all day today. So it's getting more elevated. Nothing extreme yet, but people are beginning to buy more, more puts than calls. And again, that's what you need to see. We want to get these sentiment surveys back down in extreme fear mode. Not far from that right now at all in the AI survey. And then uh, get the put call ratio highly elevated people buying a lot of puts expecting the market to go lower and then we can expect a, a, a nice bottom and a good turn to happen in our sector watch today ugly today all 11 sp 100 sectors finished low in the day led the downside by energy uh on the back of oil being down uh, what was it uh, three dollars a barrel today energy down 3.1 percent technology down 2.6 percent healthcare 
down 2%, just come off all-time highs. And uh, uh, not a whole lot from the rest. Again, even utilities were down today, down 1.4%. Um, commodity watch today. You know, we love this group. You know, we love gold, silver. We love energy, oil, energy stocks, of course, nat gas, etc. And uh, it started off barn burner day today. But these charts are really starting to look good. I'm talking specifically right now about gold, silver, and the miners. Gold today uh, hit a high today of $1,974 ounce. Remember, that put us, what, about $100 away from all-time highs? Uh, but it did finish at $1,957. Still up $12 an ounce, but again, off the highs of the day. Uh, you know, when, a, when a market sells off and starts to become a little bit of a liquidity sell-off, that's always your biggest concern. Because when that happens, you know, nothing's immune. Nothing, we've learned that from past sell-offs, unfortunately, haven't we? Uh, so let's hope that's not the case this time because the value that's represented right now in owning gold and silver in a world with the number of risks that we have, inflation being right there at the top of the list, right? Gold and silver were made as inflation. They are the original, they are the inflation hedge. So this is, there's a ton of reasons to own this group. I can't think of a single reason not to. This group is going up, folks, with the dollar going parabolic. That's not typically the correlation you'd expect, right? Although it's not quite as highly correlated as people think, the, the dollar uh, uh, to a gold and silver. It's really not. But most people still expect that it is. Also, this group is going up with interest rate spiking. Most people would tell you, wait, that's a surprise. I didn't think that was supposed to happen. And, uh, and, and here we go. So these are repeating patterns taking place in gold and silver in the miners that are, that, are, that are high probability repeating patterns because they're happening when they shouldn't be happening, along with great trading patterns. Okay, For example, today, GDX, the miner ETF, opened this morning at a new 52-week high. I think that was the highest since um, uh, not just 52-week high. It was like a, better than a two-year high as well. Uh, but anyway, gold today, 1957. Silver also up today at 42 cents an ounce. Good day there at 25.24 an ounce. Copper uh, down nine cents a pound at 4.63. Again, some some expectation of global economic slowing. Look at Shanghai lockdown. They're locking down 20 uh, a city with 21 million people, folks. Have you seen these videos? Have you have you seen the insanity? They have people that that they could all be sick. Standing inches from each other in a, a line, miles of people. How many hundred thousand people are in this line or whatever? It's insane. And it's not possible to watch this and think anything other than intentional destruction. Like they want the, if they're not sick already, let's all put them in line together. Let's make sure they get sick. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, okay, which by the way, you, you'd be, if you are, you're the only one that's been right over the last 20 years. Everybody else that calls you a conspiracy theorist, they've been wrong and you've been right. Congratulations, okay? Because they're not conspiracy theories, they've been conspiracy facts. So if you're a conspiracy theorist, what might you say about what's happening in Shanghai? Well, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you my top of my list. Intentional destruction. Democrats know, and by the way, we're talking about communists helping communists, folks, all right? Uh, Biden and, and communist China Boy, they are, they, they're just, they wear the, they, they wear the same clothes, essentially. They, they, they're, they're like, they trade clothes each day. They just, they just couldn't be better friends, right? They are brothers from another mother. Communists through and through. Again, if you don't believe what I'm saying, read Cloward Piven. Read some Cloward Piven. 
find out the truth about what these communists are up to because they're trying to take down our country. They're trying to change, trying to Chinify the whole world, folks. So if you're China and you want to help the United States and maybe France as well, right, uh, with Macron trying to get reelected instead of Marine Le Pen, what would you? What might you do? Well, you'd start the whole uh, uh, Rona wave again, wouldn't you? Get everybody sick in China. Let's hope it spreads around the world. You get a big, just get the case counts. Get the big case counts up, so we can ensure that mail-in ballot voting remains the case throughout the country. Maybe some kind of federal mandate or something. So all states have to do it. Zuckerberg can get involved again, rig another election. Look, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how that might work. The problem is, whatever we're thinking about, they've moved on. They're they're three, four steps ahead of us. They've got different strategies to rig the election we don't even know about. So, again, it's still seven months to go for the midterms. You can see where my head is. But this, 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 this bullshit happening in Shanghai, okay, over a virus that, uh, again, even the worst form of coronavirus, the 99.8% survival rate and recovery rate from, okay? Uh, it's just, uh, again, it was all a pandemic. It was just a pandemic, and now they're trying to revive it. And we have to start asking, our leaders start to ha- have to start asking the questions and demanding answers. And the fact that we have almost no Republicans talking about what I'm talking about here tells you how messed up this country is uh, and how much we're going to have to fight to just to take it back or to, just to hold our ground. Um, but again, that's, that's why Copper was down today saying hi. There you go. Um, oil today, down $3.11 a barrel at $95.15 a barrel. And finally, Bitcoin. You know, you know, if you've been here for a while, you know my thoughts on Bitcoin. So much more rather own gold and silver here that I believe this is the cycle for, for, for a super, it's a global super commodity cycle, okay? And it's about, it just entered the second year. You know, we expect these commodities to, to, to go much, much higher for a longer period of time. Averages, last on average, about five and a half years. A global commodity super cycle. Pretty rare. Only had a few of them in, in this last century. And this is one now, we believe. And I think we have the evidence that proves that it is. Bitcoin's not in that. You know, Bitcoin's just not in that. Uh, Bitcoin is, you know, they just had their big Miami uh, get together and there's now been a, a, a sell-off. It's pretty common to have these buy the rumors, tell the news events, right? Not uncommon. We, we get used to these. But I think it's more behind this because I do think that, that Bitcoin is going to go through a period of underperformance, just trading range. I'm not saying it's going to get destroyed. Uh, but I also don't see a good reason to own Bitcoin here. Until it gets over 49,000, which is where the 200-day is, everything else has been lower highs and lower lows. It just has been. Um, at least a pattern developing that shows that. Today, again, Bitcoin down 33.84 at 39,732, down 8%. Again, we like gold, silver. I certainly do. I know Tyler's a big a crypto fan. He's more of the specialist there. Uh, I'm a big gold and silver guy here. I think, we have, I think we're going to see a massive move higher. $3,000 in gold. $75 in silver, and the miners are going to skyrocket. This is how we're positioned to, to profit from it. And it's, it's served us well so far. And I think we'll, uh, we're still looking to add positions, by the way. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Hope, again, hope you had a great day. Always appreciate you listening. Please keep giving us your feedback. And until then, we'll see you tomorrow after the close.